while it creates awareness, you know, people don't know those stats. Yeah. That many people, I, I've spoken at fundraisers or just talking to groups, and I'll step back and just so that people can really understand the statistics, I'll say, look, look out in the crowd or on the street or in this restaurant. One in in Texas, it's one in four girls, one in six boys are sexually abused before the age of eighteen. So I'll say one, two, three, her. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, him. It's it's people that are around us. It's people we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, it's very rare that someone has not had that in their lives or they know someone who it's happened to. Hey, this is Melissa, creator and founder of Femtrepreneur, and you're listening to Fem Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fem Radio podcast wherever podcasts are found so that you can be notified when each episode goes live. Susie V. Baral is the CEO and founder of Room Redux, based in Texas and expanding everywhere. Room Redux is a nonprofit organization that anonymously transforms the rooms of children who have faced sexual and or physical abuse. Because of her heart for children, this nonprofit organization is born out of love and a place of wanting to give back by giving children a fresh start while creating a purpose in her own life and in the lives of others. Susie is currently working to obtain her PsyD in psychology and will soon be Dr. Suze. A book is also in the works regarding child abuse awareness and the challenges of starting a nonprofit from the ground up, along with the joys of expanding it worldwide. This book should be out in the next year or so, as long as she sets aside some time to work on it. In addition to Room Redux, working on her doctorate, and writing a book, Susie has a jazz rock band, Salubrious Fox. They put out their first album last year and are currently working on the next. Check them out on YouTube, Apple Music, and Spotify. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're happy to have you all the way from Texas. Yeehaw. Like, let's make sure we discuss that all the way from Texas here in New York. So, Susie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? Well, I was born in Georgia, raised in Houston, lived in New York for two years, woohoo! And now I'm in New Braunfels, Texas, which is situated between San Antonio and Austin. And when you say, "What do I do?" That's a fun question because when I ask people, "What do you do?" they want to say what they do for a living, but mm-hmm. I always say, "But what do you do for fun?" That's mm-hmm. what I want to know. <laughs> so for fun, I like to dance and I like to read. And, but what do I do, you know, other than that, I am getting my doctorate in psychology. So I should be Dr. Seuss in about a year. <laughs> Get it. Um, and I'm in a band. I sing, play tambourine, not at the same time. That's hard to do. <laughs> but, and also I'm with Room Redux. That's awesome. So let's talk about your band real quick. Salubrious Fox, correct? Yes. All right, let's talk about that. How did that start? And who's in it? Yeah, so my son Michael, he's the front man, Mm -hmm. and he has been a prodigy since he was little bitty. When we lived in New York, he started playing violin at the age of six, and now he plays 25 instruments. He's only ever had violin lessons, but 
He's amazing. He writes amazing songs, and he's a showman. He's an actor. Wow. He's a singer, you know. And so he sings. He plays all these instruments. And then, like I said, I sing. And uh, Greg, my husband, he plays hand percussions, so the cajon, the djembe, things like that. Wow. And Avery Arriave, he is our keyboardist. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's jazz rock is kind of what we call it. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And Very we, cool. We put out our first album last November. It's called Guayaquil, and it's on, you know, Apple, iTunes, Spotify. You can get an actual CD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, those CDs. I know. I when know. you used to have a Walkman back in the day. <laughs> Very important that uh, that existed. <laughs> it did. They were fun. <laughs> so you just mentioned briefly, and I, and I want to touch more on it and the fact that you're getting your doctorate in psychology. Yes. So let's let's discuss that. So, you know, this is quite an accomplishment. This is something that I've actually gone back and forth on whether or not I could take on that workload with, mm-hmm. you know, working your regular job. So how are you balancing that? And, you know, how's that going? It's going great. I've gone nonstop since 2011. Wow. Um, actually, Michael started college at 16. And so I would drive him an hour and a half to Austin for college. <laughs> and so during that time, I thought I need to be doing something. And I've always wanted to be a psychologist to help people. And so I started my bachelor's in 2011, and then rolled right into my master's. And, you know, to be a psychologist, you have to have your doctorate. So yeah. that's how that happened. Wow. Rolling right into my doctorate. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So with Room Redux, you have a nonprofit. Yes. So I'm going to let you talk about that in your own words. But okay. did you always want to start your own nonprofit? You know, what pushed you in, in this direction? It's not that I always wanted to start a nonprofit. I don't even know that that was really in my big scope. Yeah. I mean, my hashtag is do all the things. I want to do all the things. I want to belly dance. I I love belly dancing. Um, you know, just do everything. Life is short. Let's do all the things. And so I love children. I have a heart for children, the innocence. And I. so I've always known that I've wanted to help. I've volunteered with advocacy centers, you know, to help. Um, but with Room Redux, when I realized that there is a need for children to get this type of help, and there is no nonprofit that does what we do. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm the person to start it. Yeah, you know, let's do it. So that's awesome. So, how did you approach creating Room Redux? What was step one? Two years ago, 2017, a friend of mine came down from California and said, "I've got this much money. You want to do these rooms? Let's let's do them." And so we shopped. One day before the transformations, we didn't have a name yet. We didn't have, you know, anything yet. I just knew that we, you know, we need to do this. And so Greg and my friend Megan and actually Michael and Jacob, a friend of his, we did it. And we did these two rooms in one day. Mm -hmm. It took all day long because we didn't have volunteers or anything. It was just us doing it. And it turned out amazing and wonderful. And single dad, you know, has Mm -hmm. two children. And um, it was just after those two rooms, I knew this, Mm -hmm. this is something that has to, it has to happen. Mm -hmm. We get a family impact statement. And that father was overwhelmed because he felt alone, essentially, you know. And so I thought this has to happen again. 
So last year, 2018, that's when we really, you know, came up with a name Mm -hmm. and started planning. And we transformed a room in November, and then we did two in December. Wow. And then at the top of this year, formed a board, and boom, took off. Amazing. Yes. How did you begin looking for resources to help you in this project? That's a good question. Um, Because people say, what are the first steps? What do you do first? And I say, everything. (laughs) You do everything. Dive right in. You do it all. (laughs) Seriously, Melissa, I have not ever networked or known so many people in my entire life as I have met these past 10 months. Wow. Yes. So, you know, the chicken and the egg thing, Mm -hmm. which do you do first? Do you get the referrals? Do you get the money? You do it all. You spread the word. Um, Take brochures, take cards, hand them to everybody. Everybody in New York now has a card, Mm -hmm. just saying right now, (laughs) because we've been here two days, but I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Um, But you also, you know, you need the referrals because when you're needing grants, Mm -hmm. you're needing donations, it's good for them to know, yes, we have a child or children in need. Yeah. And and there are. There are. I mean, in New York alone, one in three girls and one in five boys are sexually abused before the age of 18. And that's just what's yeah. reported. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Dang. I know. So let's let's get right into it. So what is Room Redux? What do you guys do? Let's Let's dive right in. Let's do it. So we transform the rooms of children who have faced sexual and or physical abuse. We do it anonymously. We do it in one day. Um, Right when the child leaves for school, we go in with a team of volunteers. We take everything out of the room and we start transforming. We have pulled up carpet. We lay down flooring. We paint. um, Always a new bed. Always a new mattress. We have no idea what has happened on that mattress or in that room, so always a new bed. Um, and even when we design it, try to do it maybe in a different spot, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And because we get our referrals from counselors, psychologists, CPS caseworkers, law enforcement, because it's imperative that the child or children be in counseling. Yeah. So they have to have that counseling, that part of the healing puzzle. But then very often these children are going back to a room where the abuse occurred or maybe there are maybe the abuse didn't occur there, but maybe there are triggers or maybe it happened at grandpa's house or in a car. But still, those children deserve to know that people care about them who don't even know them and expect nothing from them. Wow. Yes. I'm just floored. I remember. So. I found out about you through my boyfriend who reads The Skim. Love The Skim. You were a skimmer of the week. And he sent it to me and he's like, you need to interview her. Wow. Because this is an incredible cause. So I did some research on it. Then I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I get her on the show? <laughs> and you're actually one of the easiest people to reach out to. And you're so welcoming and oh, just so inviting. You. And I think you immediately responded to my message right away. And I'm like, this is this is great. Like this is actually <laughs> happening. And then you were coming to New York. And I'm just like for the last couple of weeks, I've been so excited to meet you because I think what you're doing is so incredible. And I've never heard of this before. Right. And it needs to be done more and, and everywhere. And I mean, we have to protect Absolutely. our children. Absolutely. And and what it does too, it, it creates awareness. I think the reason 
People love Room Redux. We never get anything negative said. Everyone wants to help in some way. Yeah. I think part of it is because it's new, it's fresh, you know, fresh. There is no nonprofit that does this. But while it creates awareness, you know, people don't know those stats. Yeah. That many people, I, I've spoken at fundraisers or just talking to groups, and I'll step back and just so that people can really understand the statistics, I'll say, look look out in the crowd or on the street or in this restaurant. One in, in Texas, it's one in four girls, one in six boys are sexually abused before the age of 18. So I'll say one, two, three, her. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, him. It's it's people that are around us. It's people we know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, It's very rare that someone has not had that in their lives or they know someone who yeah. it's happened to. And so by going in and transforming these rooms, yes, it's creating awareness. Yes, it's hopefully breaking cycles of abuse mm -hmm. um, because it gives these children uh, an idea of, the world's not such a scary place. People do care, yeah. but also it's very tangible. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves before and afters. Mm -hmm. I mean, HGTV, you know, it's Absolutely. fun to do makeovers, yeah. whether it's face, hair, rooms. And so for volunteers to be able to go in and see this transformation occur right before their very eyes and they had a hand in it, it's an amazing feeling, Yeah, you know? And I, you know, I was at a conference once and someone stepped up there and they said, you know, I'll be the one to say it, um, you know, donating and, and being at the forefront of charitable things. It's very self-serving and that's okay. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to want to be happy that you did something or that you were able to provide something, even if you weren't the one actually building or actually, you know, being the one that was able to donate, you know, part of the mattress that was purchased, mm -hmm. you know, and part of the paint that was put on the walls. Like being able to do that really does provide so much like good for you and so much love in your heart and you right. don't realize it that way because you're just thinking of, oh, I donated a couple of dollars here and there. But, you know, being able to see those renovations and, I, and I've seen the renovations on your website, <laughs> they're incredible. I mean, they're beautiful. It's, it's crazy to think of how it looked before and how you were able to put so much thought into it. How do you know what that child would want? You know, is that part of the research process? Oh, yeah. So when we get the referral from, say, a counselor, mm -hmm. um, I have that counselor talk to the parent or the caregiver and let them know about Room Redux. And then they sign the waiver where mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the counselor can speak to me because everything yep, is yep. very confidential. Absolutely. And so then... I meet with the parent, I go to the house and, and I say caregiver because many times it's, you know, an aunt or a grandparent that has custody now, but yeah. go to the house while the child is at school or away from the home. And then I look at the room, we measure everything, you know, the windows, the walls, how, everything. I take pictures of every view of, you know, the walls, the floors, everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'll ask the parent, I have a form and I'll say, what does he or she like? What do they don't like? What colors do they love? What colors do they hate? <laughs> Are, do they have hobbies? Do they love sports? Do they have a favorite animal? Is there a certain religion in your home? We have to be cognizant of that, yeah. you know, culturally is, you know, what, what, what would you like? Yeah. Um, we ask, is there anything that the child would like? Has he wanted an Xbox or a PlayStation? Or would she like a TV in her room mm -hmm. if that's, you know, if the parent doesn't mind? Yeah. So things like that. 
and um, every room is specifically tailored to that child. Like I said, when you look on Facebook, our Facebook page, or roomredux.org, you will see every room is different. There is no cookie cutter yeah, because it is tailored to the child. And part of the reason that I speak to the counselors is because we want to make sure we put therapeutic tools Mm -hmm. in their room as well. If a child has anger issues and in therapy they've been taught to have, you know, squeeze squishies or fidget spinners, things like that, we're going to put them in the room. Soothy dough. I have a friend who makes soothy dough and it's like Play-Doh but with essential oils to calm you if you have anxiety or eating issues, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Water features. If the beach calms the child down, we'll put something with trickling water. Wow. So very, very specific. Wow. So much thought that goes into it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And we always put their name in their room because, you know, I've gotten feedback from the parents where they walk in and they're like, this – this is mine. These things are mine. And so by putting their room in their room, we put their name. They understand this is mine. Yeah. These are mine. I have a sense of stability. Yep. Yep. And they get to sort of take it back. Yes. You know, and then it becomes, yeah. Yes. It becomes a place of security and love. And yeah. I mean, we've done rooms where the rooms look like a jail cell, literally, you know, concrete floor and not the pretty kind, you know, mm-hmm. no flooring, uh, dark, dank, dreary, and the children haven't slept there in years because it's not a place where they feel no. safe or proud. And so after these room transformations, when we get this feedback, I find out she sleeps in her own room now. She didn't sleep in her room for five years. Yeah. And now she's sleeping in her room. She has friends over or he's inviting friends and they play Xbox. Um, I'll tell you one story. I'll tell you a bunch of stories (laughs) because I can't stop talking when I talk about room redux. But um, last year we did a room is called Safety Zone. Mm -hmm. And that boy, we transformed his room on a Monday, which usually we do it on a Friday or Saturday. Mm -hmm. But we did it on a Monday for whatever reason. And he asked his mom if he could stay home the next day. And she said, you cannot stay home just to enjoy your room tomorrow. (laughs) And he said, no, mom, I want to help clean and declutter our entire home because I feel so good and so clean and free in my room. I want our whole house to be like that. And they did. Wow. Jamie, this the CPS caseworker who had brought the case and who was a good friend and wonderful volunteer, she gave me feedback two weeks later. She said, Susie, I can walk through their house now. Oh, my goodness. It's completely different. So wow. room transformations also equal life transformations. It's, yeah, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Yeah. And these these families, these parents who sometimes feel very alone, it, it's hard to raise a child alone. Or even if there are, you know, grandparents mm-hmm. and they're doing it together, it's still it's, – it's a change if – that child has been placed in kinship, placed in their home. Yeah. And so it's good for them to know that they have advocates. They have people who care because we don't just transform the room and then boom, done, yep. bye, have a good life. We keep in touch. We find out, you know, later down the road, maybe that child needs something different because they're not five anymore. They're 10 and, yeah. you know, it needs to be a little different and we'll help them too, wow. you know, help change it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the Reno Day itself. 
Is it just do you try to do it all in one day? Do some overlap and take on you know more time than you originally anticipated? Because we all love a good demo. <laughs> yes, yes. So we we do it in one day. The only time that we have transformed uh, rooms and it took a day and a half was in July. We did three rooms. Wow. Yes, it was the pineapple glam Batman unicorns rooms. And so six children, and we sent them to a resort. We got a good donation. And so we were able to send them away, you know, for the weekend because we thought this might take a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And it did. We had over 60 volunteers from Hope Arise Church come. And all three rooms, we had to pull up the carpet lay down new flooring, click and lock wood, beautiful, paint all of the rooms. But because there are two children in one room, two in another, the mom and a baby and a three-year-old in the other, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of furniture. It was a lot of furniture building, decorating. So that one, we gave ourselves a day and a half, mostly because of the flooring. We knew that it would, you know, take a little bit longer. But do you have someone on your team who's sort of familiar with that type of like that can just like walk into the room and and know this is going to be this type of project this is going to be an easier type of project is it you are you the construction savvy human <laughs> yes i mean what happens when i walk into your room and i start to find out what the child likes mm-hmm. i it's like a radar and <laughs> i don't have an interior design background well, I, I do now, you know, <laughs> transforming sure. 15 rooms, but um, <laughs> I can just look around and I start to get these ideas and I see it. I will mm-hmm. see the room and then I don't sleep ever because my mind is always going and I'm excited. And now, we, you know, I'm shopping and yeah. um, Sharon, our board president, always helps shop. Um, so we just it, that's the most fun part is the shopping, you mm-hmm. know, and. Um, and then Greg, he's our transformation director. He is the one, he's an electrician. So, oh, great. Yes. He helps plan out how the day of how things are going to go mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can't just go in and start painting, you know. So, he lines out the volunteers. We're going to take off the flooring, then we're going to paint, then we're going to put the flooring down. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, there's a there's, process. Yes. Method of operation. Definitely. That's great. Mm hmm. Wow. There has to be. <laughs> or it would be crazy. Or <laughs> crazier. <laughs> so how many volunteers, I would say, or, or they are all volunteers, right? Everyone yes. who does. Wow. Okay. Yes. So how many do you typically prefer to have on any given reno? And how many do you usually get? We prefer to have around 10. Mm-hmm. And we tell people, if you have to do it in a shift, if you can come 8 to 12, Come in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you can be there, you know, 12 to 5, come then. If you're there from 12 to 1, you get to eat. <laughs> we always provide food for the volunteers so that nobody has to leave or worry about that. And it's great because we get donations. We get mm-hmm. gift cards from restaurants oh, wow. every time. And we also very often get uh, gift cards for the families. If we know that it's going to take a little longer then say, you know, till 3.30 when the child might be getting home, I'll tell the parent or caregiver in the morning, take these gift cards. And when you pick them up from school, y'all go have dinner and, mm. you know, go have fun. Wow. And then don't come home till I text you <laughs> <laughs> because we leave. We split before they get home. Oh, wow. You know, so there's no certain reaction the child has to have. And very often parents, caregivers, they'll say, what do I tell her or him? What do I tell them? 
and I'll say, tell them whatever you want. A lot of times relationships have been damaged Mm -hmm. because maybe the child, the teenage girl feels like mom didn't protect her from mom's boyfriend or whoever it is. And so I say, tell them that you did it because that can help repair your relationship, you know, or if children are placed in kinship, which could be temporary, hopefully not, hopefully they get to stay, but they, they come to understand that, oh, these people, my aunt, my grandmother, really, they love me and maybe I'm going to have some stability and not be yanked out and go somewhere else, you know, so yeah, they can tell them whatever they want. Ugh, there's just so much more to it than like renovating a room. There's yeah. so many positive emotional effects to it. That's oh yeah, so beautiful. I, <laughs> I know. It, I get chills and cry every time I talk about it. I I just can't not because it's so exciting. I I absolutely love it. Transformation Week. It's like Christmas is coming. So excited. Can't sleep. Get so excited. You know. And then Transformation Day. It's just so much fun. It's That's- so much fun. Beautiful. I so I saw the other day because I follow all the all the pages on social media that mm-hmm. there was like a local restaurant, local bakery that donated for your volunteers. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing. And that's just another part of how you can help to sort of, you know, donate to the day. Mm-hmm. So not even just donating to the cause itself, to what we're renovating, but donating to those who are taking time out of their day, right. um, you know, without trying, without looking for anything in return, mm-hmm. donating to keep them sustained for the for the full day so that they can right. work right. from, you know, sun up to sundown. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's also really lovely. It's amazing. And that's one of my favorite, favorite parts. I mean, like I said, we're based in New Braunfels. That's where it started. I say our little town in New Braunfels, it is the second fastest growing city in America. Wow. Yes, <laughs> which is oh, crazy. Wow. But but our community is so amazing the way they donate. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a partner, New Braunfels Flooring. They give us flooring now. That's huge. Incredible. Uh, Serta Pro Painters, they provide the paint now. Huge. Those are big expenditures, yeah. you know. So that's a wonderful thing is to be able to collaborate with businesses. Mm -hmm. And I also love to collaborate with other nonprofits. I know that a lot of people are, sometimes nonprofits are kind of, they can be, you know, well, we need this grant. We're not going to, but it's difficult to get funding. So yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge, but you know, we, there's an organization called Connections in New Braunfels, and they have a temporary living area for emergency removals, but then they have a permanent placement. Well, we're going to partner with them in November and raise money to do transformations for those children that wow. are there permanently. That wow. I'm tickled pink. I just <laughs> I just love collaboration, and I love when anybody, any business or individual even, when they donate mm-hmm. anything or help in any way, I'm going to splash it all over Instagram, Facebook, our website, because, it, you know, let's help each other. Yeah. Let's help each other. Absolutely. I, collaboration is so necessary, mm-hmm. especially in cases like this. You know, you want to make sure that everyone – It's again, you know, I said it before, funding is, is difficult to get, sure. But the more that nonprofits can get together and collaborate, the more yes. – you know, the easier it is for everyone to get joint funding and to be able to right. really – fish and, and get to the right areas um, and understand, you know, who will be a valuable, mm-hmm. um, you know, donor consistently 
and who might just, you know, be a, a one-off donor here and there. And I think it's it's huge to, to have that collaboration. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we're recording this episode at Gotham Podcast Studio in mm-hmm. New York City. But you are all the way from Texas. Yes. So tell us, what brings you to New York City? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were Skimmer of the Week in August, it was August 22nd. And I know this because I woke up to... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from people all over the country and Canada and Africa and Zurich, Switzerland, wanting to know how they can help, how they can volunteer, how they can donate. I have referrals, everything from every single state. So I had a lot of emails to go through, and I was very excited about your email, just (laughs) FYI. Um, But a lot of them to go through, and... What I would write to them is if you or anyone you know would like to start a chapter in your area, we're based in Central Texas right now, but absolutely, mm-hmm. Room Redux will be global because children everywhere deserve this and, and need this help. So, um, yeah, New York, amazing. The response from people in New York I think we got more responses in New- from New York than any other state. Wow. So uh, there were five people that they don't know each other, but I put them together and said, hey, y'all all want to help start a chapter. Let's do this. And so also then, you know, Fem Radio <laughs> talked to you. Hey, you're in New York. Let's do this. And then I also got an email from Mia Council, who is an assistant editor at Penguin Random House mm-hmm. Books. Let's talk about writing a book. So coming to New York was a (laughs) no-brainer. Wow. Last night we met with these ladies that want to start a chapter. It's fabulous. They're ready to hit the ground running to help children in New York. Stoked about that. And then, of course, to come see you and be on your wonderful podcast and then meet with my publisher tomorrow night. (laughs) That is so, so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I, it actually was so funny because I was fully prepared to do like a Skype interview and, and call it a day. And then Susie's like, I'm coming to New York. I'm like, my schedule's cleared. Heck yeah. I love New York. You know, I just feel like you, you have very New York energy. Well, thank you. I love it. So I, I walked into the studio and they're already chatting someone up, networking, put, giving their card out. I'm like, this is this is what I need right now. <laughs> this is the energy I needed. So ultimately, what is your goal for Room Redux? Because this is just the beginning. It absolutely is the beginning and it has spread like wildfire. Just we're amazed at the, not surprised, but yeah. amazed at how fast I tell people all the time, the thing at the airport, which now I know what it's called. I used to just say that thing in the airport that you walk on that gets you somewhere faster. It's called a people mover, which is fun. Oh, wow. Yes. I feel like. It was a conveyor belt. It is kind of like a, it's a people conveyor belt. So I feel like Room Redux is the people mover. Mm-hmm. And I'm back here like, wait, Room Redux, let me catch up because everyone is so excited to help. In every single way. So when it was first a spark in my mind, I thought, yes, one in four children or one in four girls, one in six boys here in Texas, one in three, one in five in New York. What about Kentucky? What about Denver? What about Minnesota, California, Mm -hmm. Oregon? 
what about all these other places? What about Papua New Guinea? You yeah. know, high sex trafficking yeah. there, high rates of sex trafficking. And I don't even know what the houses are like in Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. Yeah. I don't know what it's like, but I feel like if, you know, we're meant to be there as well, which I think we're, it's going to be all over the world. There will be designers there that know what those children need for those rooms. Yeah. You know, yes, I've designed all of these rooms, but it's not always going to be like that. These ladies in New York, they have their own ideas and it, it's just so exciting. You know, there are procedures, there are certain things, protocols that they yeah. will have to go by, like getting the referrals, like mm-hmm. making it anonymous, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't show the names of the children, no, yeah. no faces, no pictures, things like that. But other than that, they'll be getting their own grants. They'll raise their own money. But that being said, I will say that we still, we say we are Room Redux. So... Our business cards have no names on them. I mean, it has the name Room Redux, but it does not have personal names because we say, if I give you some business cards, you're going to hand them to people. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say, my friend Susie in Texas, she does this and they do that. And she and Sharon shop and Michael does the, you're not going to say those things. You're going to say, I'm involved with Room Redux yeah. and this is what we do. And that's if you talk about Room Redux, you share, you like on Facebook, Instagram, you spread the word, you donate money, you donate time, you – then you are Room Redux. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you said something before, and I, I want to sort of bring it up again because I think that it's so important, you know, the, the one in three, the one in five. And you mentioned it briefly before that that's just what's reported. Yes. Yes. So super important to know that there's so much going on that we don't know about. And this is the first step of really getting out there and being able to change lives of those mm-hmm. who are affected right? and who are on the right track to getting therapy and, and getting help. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's, it's life changing. It is. And it's interesting. The awareness, it, it the awareness comes right to our faces also. So Many times, very often, when I'm telling somebody about Room Redux, they will cry, they'll break down, or I can see a a change on their face. And Mm -hmm. they say, where were you in 1975? Or it happened to me, or my child, it happened to her. So I feel like that's a lot of the reason people want to be involved with this, because they know that it is going to change lives, and they you know, they think how important that would have been for them, things like that. But by spreading the word, I feel like reports are going to increase. Mm-hmm. And I say that meaning I wish there were no reports of ever, course. ever. But for these children to speak out, for people to report it, it's so important. Yeah. It's so important so they can get the healing and break those cycles. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So – we do have a few sort of standard questions as part of Fem Radio that I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, and the first is, you know, we use the term femme yes. to just embody that trailblazing female, um, you know, not necessarily an entrepreneur, but someone who's really blazing that path for others and supporting other women. And I'd love to know who embodies that word for you. That's a difficult thing to answer. And, <laughs> and here's why. Two of the first people that 
pop into my mind are my mother, Sherry mm-hmm. Jackson, because she is, she's kind, generous, loving. She's a definition of mother. Um, but also her mother, my mamaw, wonderful, uh, you know, left a bad situation, took all her five kids and took care of them wow. on her own. So with that, I think femme embodies every single woman who is doing something for their child, mm-hmm. doing what it takes to help their children, whether it's getting out of an abusive situation to protect her and her children, or it's the grandmother who is now taking in her grandchildren. She didn't think that was ever going to happen, and here she is taking care of the grandchildren. Um, and I know femme, it is, you know, women, but I also think about the single dads who yeah. – that's a hard thing to take children away from their mother, but if there's an abusive situation, then it's got to happen. So I really believe femme, that it's such an empowering word. I mm-hmm. love it. I love that it's femme radio. It's these people who are doing what it takes to protect children, to make their lives better, to give them a future, yeah. to give them hope. Wow. Chills. Yeah. <laughs> Chills. Yeah. So where can our listeners follow you in the Room Redux journey? Well, roomredux.org, and on our website, you can see before and after pictures. Um, you can donate. It says sponsor a room, and you can donate there, and you can donate whatever you want. We're always looking for recurring donors. Mm-hmm. It takes about $2,000 to fully transform a room. Wow. That's because, like I said, very often we're doing, you know, changing the flooring and the paint. Yeah. But also... There are several rooms that there are three children in the same room sleeping on one little mattress on the floor. Mm-hmm. So our mermaid's room, we gave them a triple-decker bunk bed. That was really cool. Yes. Each yeah. girl has their own. But what that means is three of everything, three comforters, three yeah. sets of sheets. You cannot give one child one thing and not give them the mm-hmm. other. They all mm-hmm. stuffed animals, everything. So, you know, that's what it takes. So recurring donors very important. And you can do that through the website. Um, some people sponsor a room. We just had someone sponsor a full $2,000 to cover a room. Wow. Amazing. Through the skim, we, I think we came out with $1,500 in donations in one day. Amazing. They were all wonderful. $500, $1,000, $100. I will have to say probably my favorite donation was from a lady. I can't remember what state, but she wrote in the note God bless you. God bless everything that y'all do. We are Room Redux. She saw that. And her donation was $3. And it made me cry because I thought that woman probably has nothing. She's giving what she can. Huge. And, you know, you don't have to sponsor a room $2,000. You can donate $5, whatever it it is, $3. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. People donate furniture. You know, and I'll sand it, paint it. Mm -hmm, Sharon and mm -hmm. I are always, you know, fixing up the furniture to make it very, very special for the children. Wow. You know, so. Very cool. So make sure you donate Mm roomredux.org. Super, super important. Yes. Uh, You know, get out there, anything you can, even if you can't be there physically to help with those renovations. Money Mm -hmm. is super, super important and very, very necessary, especially now as you're expanding. Oh, yes. (laughs) I I will mention. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, but there is now Room Redux California getting Mm -hmm. started. 
uh, Tracy Sarge just came down from California wow. and experienced what happens in the few days before the transformation, helped load the trailer and then oh. and painted a bed and helped with the transformation. That was awesome. So she got, you know, firsthand look. Uh, room, de- room Redux Denver. There are two ladies who are getting that started. Room wow. Redux Minnesota. There's a couple up there that are starting. Room Redux Atlanta. Austin. And, of course, New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So great. Yeah. So it's definitely not lost on me as I sit across from you that, you know, the reason that this is all happening is really because you made that decision to go for it. Mm-hmm. So do you have any last pieces of advice for our listeners, you know, when they're thinking about an idea or, you know, contemplating whether or not they should do something? What's your piece of advice? It's going to sound cliche, but follow your bliss. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. You may think, but I need to make money and I need to do this. Well, do that also, but do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It it makes a huge difference. It You may have a lot of problems in your life. You may have a weird relationship. You may have troubles, whatever. But I guarantee you, if you follow your passion, you're going to be happy. You have yeah. this one life to live. Make it happy. Make it joyful and help others when it's something that you know that you're doing to help others, and especially children, in my case, I mean, if it's you want to help dogs, you want to help the elderly, that's awesome too. In my case, it's children. I just think that do it just, and just make it happen. And if not you, then who? Mm. You know, I've yeah. never run a nonprofit before. This is I've not done this before. I just jumped in and I'm learning as I go. And it's... It's, I don't know, we're storming the world, room redux. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Susie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely love being here, Melissa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you know any trailblazing females that you think we should be featuring? Send us an email at femt at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-M-E-T-E-E at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support as we strive to promote the growth of diverse women in all industries. Hashtag get femmed.